0: And the diseases left them. And the wicked spirits went out of them. I told my family, he wants to do this through us. Michelangelo Bonarotti said the danger is not so much that we aim too high and miss it, but that we aim too low and reach it. And what we're asking God for is not enough. But we're doing this so that He can be glorified. Some of you ladies still wear aprons. But the Spirit of God was so thick. And so present in Paul that folk were just putting handkerchiefs on him and taking them back to their community. The pastor and I have what is called a weeping anointing. And every, it's, every now and then there's just an overflow. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting an overflow right now. To know what is within His power to do in our lives. Somebody's going to get sealed this weekend. I'm talking about for eternity. If your spirit is open to the spirit of God. Father God, in the name of Yahshua, Jesus. We have given more attention to empire. and a plethora of things. So no virtue is coming up out of us, God. But you told those 120 in the upper room that the presence of the Spirit would be available. And I know that your presence is here. God, let us not leave here without the fullness of the Godhead bodily so that we might know the length and the depth and the breath in the height of the love of God. So that when you nod your head, we move in that direction. God, you said in your word in Romans 8 9 that whosoever hath not the Spirit of God is none of yours. We don't belong to you. this weekend not because of anything I say but a preparation of our spirit for your spirit you will do what you have promised in your name We want to focus on the spirit this evening. And this is a teaching, but I think that this this is where God has told me to start here. Because I grew up, I was born on the Sabbath. I was born on the day my mother was to get baptized in the church. I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio. I'm a Buckeye. Youngstown was a very Temple Emanuel was a very unique church. Because every 13th Sabbath we had to stand up and say all 13 of our memory verses. Some of y'all remember those days. And from the age of four until the age of 16, when I left to go to Pine Forge, I had memorized 652. Scriptures. our church was so unique that not only did the children and youth stand up from uh, uh, crater road to primary youth class but even the adults stood up on 13th sabbath and said their memory verses too. every adult class that's how unique our church was But nobody taught me about spirit. In fact, I'll be honest with you. I just learned how to love about two years ago. Because I guarantee you, most most of you who grew up in the church, nobody taught you how to love. And therefore, Hugo says, our love for God is equal to the man or woman we love the least. The Lord said, if that's how you feel about him or her, that's how you feel about me. Our love for God is equal to the man or woman we love the least. Now, you know, there's some folk who did tap dance on our last nerve with spikes on I mean, that's just enough for somebody tonight. Our love for God is equal to the man or woman we love the least. But nobody taught me about spirit. I heard about spirit. I heard people talk about spirit. I heard the term Holy Spirit, but nobody taught me about spirit. So this is is the base text right here. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body might be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Yeshua Messiah. The King James Version said unto our Lord Jesus Christ. But this is the premise right here. Will you advance that for me, please? If you don't understand spirit, what it is, its function and its centrality in relationships, then everything else you think you understand about relationships will only confuse you. Because everything flows from spirit. If you don't understand spirit, what it is, its function and its centrality in relationships or marriage or parenting, then everything else you think you understand about relationships, marriage, or parenting will only confuse you because everything flows from spirit. But nobody taught me about spirit. This is our facsimile of a sanctuary right here. We have the most holy place, the holy place in the outer court. We have spirit, soul, and body. For you see, all of nature functions from center to circumference. It it goes from the inside out. Uh, uh, When I was a little boy, I took an apple seed and a razor blade, and I slit open that apple seed, that little seed, and laid it side by side. But my natural eye could not see the, the growth principle within that seed because it was imperceptible to the natural eye. But if you take that seed and put it in the nurturing environment of the earth, it begins to germinate. It begins to grow. So the divine order of human existence is spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. Let's start in the outer court. In fact, I think. Okay. Next one. Next. All right, let's roll. When we come into the outer court, there is the labor where the priests wash their hands and feet, and then there is the altar of sacrifice but what happens is we will come into the sanctuary next slide we'll come into the sanctuary ask forgiveness and go right back out we'll come in ask forgiveness and go right back out billing said the hardest person to convert is the one who spends half of his time in sinning and the other half in repentance we go in and we come out See, that's why it is important for us to understand the difference between sins and sin. When we do wrong, we commit sins. So we ask forgiveness, but then we find sin is still present so that when it breaks out, we commit sins. So we're so busy trying to get forgiveness for sins that we don't deal with sin. The principle that when it breaks out, we commit sin. So we ask for forgiveness and we get forgiven, but we never deal with sin. The very principle. We come in and we go back out, we come in and go back out. Let's look at this body. Next slide. The body is the home of the flesh. Taste, touch, smell, sight, and hear. The only way the enemy can get us to sin is through one or more of those senses. If we don't taste it, we touch it. If we don't touch it, we feel it. If we don't feel it, we see it. If we don't see it, we smell it. The only way he can get us to sin is through one or more of those senses. So basically, when we look at Romans 7 and verse 18, it says, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. He says, within me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. The best this flesh of this nature can do is kill us. You can put Klein on it. You can put it in a Rolls Royce Silver Spur. That's $385,000. But the best this nature will do is kill us. Solomon talked about it. He says, if we live long enough, the almond tree will begin to flourish. That, that, can I get a witness from somebody who dyed their hair? All right, yeah, yeah. The almond tree will begin to flourish. If we just live long enough, the inexorable march of time will just wear us out. He says that the windows will become dim. What is that? Harder to see, right? Can I get a witness from the contact where it wears? Yeah, yeah. The daughters of music will become low. What is that? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Harder to hear. The grinders will become few. Got some dental wares in here tonight. He says if we live long enough, sin will wear us out. All right, you all that. The wheel is broken at the cistern. What's that? Harder to walk. Because sin wears us out. The only reason why we die is because of sin. So he says, In me, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with, do you know for years I had the gift of inconsistency? I mean, sometimes I'm in my word, and the next day I'll turn around and don't feel like praying. Sometimes I just, I just know the Lord is on me, and then I'll turn around and say something that hurts somebody's feelings. Yeah, yeah. I had the gift of inconsistency. Yeah. 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 But then he goes on to say in Romans 8 and verse, around verse 3, uh, you know that text by memory. I'm looking for one word. He says the flesh is what? we. Can I get a witness, y'all? If yeah. it wasn't for the grace of God, i will cuss all y'all out right now and say the benediction. <laughs> and say the closing prayer. (laughs) I'll make up some words. The flesh is weak. Romans 8 verse 5, he goes on to talk about how the, 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 the mind is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they which are in the flesh cannot please God. Romans 8, 13 says, if we live after the flesh, we will die. The best this flesh will do is kill us. So the first point is that the Holy Spirit cannot live in our flesh. Next slide. The soul is the home of the thoughts, You can put it up. The thoughts, emotions, and will. The soul is the home of the thoughts, emotions, and will. I had gotten to this point in my religious experience that I was only reading the Bible to keep from feeling guilty for not reading something. But I really wasn't growing. I wasn't processing. I just, I didn't want to feel guilty, so I read something. It was like some of y'all do. It was drive-by reading. (laughs) (laughs) So Genesis 2 and verse 7 says that Yahweh Elohim breathed the ruach, R-U-A-C-H, the spirit, the breath into Adam. And Adam became a living soul. So the breath and body makes a living soul. But then Ecclesiastes 9, 5, and 6 says that when a person dies our thoughts perish, there's no more emotions, love, hatred, envy gone, and there's no more will, no more portion under the sun, no more decision-making process. So the soul is the home of the thoughts, emotions, and will. But that's where we mainly live. That's where we just hang out right there. It's based on how I think, how I feel, what I do. But do you know we can pray And witness and teach and preach out of our soul, but no Holy Ghost. It'll be a goalie host, but not a Holy Ghost. It's going to be a spirit. Thoughts, emotions, and will. This is where we get locked down, usually in our religious life. Because I just wanted, every time I wanted to just think right, I wasn't thinking right. Right? I wanted to feel something when I prayed, but I, I wasn't really feeling much of anything. And, and the more I tried to do right, I wasn't doing right. Right there in that soul. But see, the soul is also slick. Next slide. Because the soul is also the home of the self-life. So if the devil can't get us out in the flesh, acting crazy, running around and so forth, all he has to do is get us locked down in our own thoughts, emotions, and will. And self will kill us just as much as the flesh. Only it's slower. The soul is the home of the self-life. So the Holy Spirit cannot live in our flesh. The Holy Spirit cannot live in our soul. Because the flesh, the word of God says, it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Our soul, our thoughts can be erroneous. Our emotions can be negative and unhealthy like some of yours is. And our will can be stubborn and obstinate. The spirit of God cannot live in our soul. Next slide. Only spirit can live in spirit. But if you don't understand spirit, what it is, its function and its centrality in relationships, then everything else you think you understand about relationships will only confuse you because everything flows from spirit. But either it be a holy spirit or an unholy spirit, where you think Jesus was casting out demons out of their spirit. There was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity that caused a curvature in her spine that she walked bent double for 18 years. Satan had bound her. Some of you have been bound in your spirit for years. We'll get to it in a minute. See, the focus this evening is on the spirit, but the spotlight is on you. See, this is what happens here. Is when we are born again, let's, let's look at a couple of texts, John 3 and verse 3, where Jesus said that except you are born of the water and the spirit, you can't see the kingdom. Water baptism does not put anybody in the heavenly family. Matthew 3, 11, John says, i baptize baptized with water unto repentance. That's it. Water baptism is only for repentance. The only thing I remember about my baptism as at the age of 12, when they told all the young people that we had to get baptized at 12 years old. We said, why? They said, because Jesus went to the temple at 12. Now you connect those dots. I'm still trying to. (laughs) So we got baptized. I got baptized at 12. But the only thing I remember about my water baptism was that the water was freezing. The deacons didn't even heat the water. Deacons, heat the water, brothers. (laughs) I got in the water. Whoa! Whoa! I'm jumping and hollering. My friends just laughing at me. That's all I remember about my baptism. That's it. Water baptism does not put anybody in the heavenly family. It is a travesty to baptize somebody with water and let them out. That's why we went out. Uh, uh, came in wet, dry devils and came out wet devils. <laughs> when Christ was baptized, he was baptized with water and spirit. How dare we let anybody out of the water without spirit baptism? Stay here, I'm telling you. Because if we let them out, it is only unto repentance. But they are not in the heavenly family. And that's why some of us struggle so much. When we immerse a person, we immerse them. But, but I, when I do that, I put them down and I bring them up. And then I raise my hand and I ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When Christ was baptized with water, he was baptized with spirit. So we, we, the, the word of God says we must be born again of water and spirit. It is only spirit baptism that puts us in the heavenly family. Then Peter says in Acts 2 and verse 38, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to deal more with repentance tomorrow, but I'll tell you this. Is that for most of us, we haven't repented. We just apologized. That's all. That's what I did for years. I just apologized. I'm preaching for 30 years. Just apologized. Not understanding repentance. See, see I, I, I love those word pictures, the, 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 the word it gives pictures. For example, the word sin. In the Hebrew, it is chata, In the Greek, it is harmartia. This is a picture of a man or woman shooting a bow and arrow. So when we say, Lord, forgive me of my transgression, this is a person who does not have the strength or the skill to hit the mark. That's transgression. When we say, Lord, forgive me of my sin, this is a person who has the strength but not the skill to hit the mark. Sin means to miss the mark. We have sinned and missed the mark. We've come short of his glory, his character. But iniquity is a person who has both the strength and the skill to hit the mark, but deliberately refuses. And Psalm sixty-six eighteen 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And the Holy Spirit gave me a revelation. He said, the only way that I have been blessing you and keeping you all these years is because I reign on the unjust too. I cried like a baby. I cried like a baby. It's because I reigned on the unjust. That's why I've been keeping your family going. With this lack of love in your heart and this, 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 this. this the, the lack of the Holy Spirit, I just rain on the unjust. And so when 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 the the this the Spirit of God. Wants residence in our human spirit. See, when Yahweh breathed the ruach, the spirit into Adam, at that time he received a soul and a spirit. But it was not the Holy Spirit. It is a human spirit. And our human spirit is a receptacle that will either house our creator's Holy Spirit or the devil's unholy spirit. We have a spirit. When you read Romans 8 and 16, it says the spirit, capital S, bears witness with our spirit, small s, that we are the children of God. You have a spirit. Nobody told me that. So I'm trying to serve the Lord out of my soul. Just trying to think right, feel right, and do right. And that's why we're so inconsistent. But when the Holy Spirit takes residency in our human spirit, when we are born of the Spirit, because all of nature functions from inside out, from center to circumference, it is now the Holy Spirit in our spirit that now directs our soul, our thoughts, emotions, and will, and the body becomes the servant and carries it out. That's the Spirit-centered life. Is the Holy Spirit in our human spirit. But some of us don't even know if we have the Holy Spirit. I asked God, give me, it, give me a definition to let people know when they're lost. And the Holy Spirit said, you are lost when you cannot hear the voice of God. Some of y'all ain't heard God today. Because you missed your assignment. For years, I'm driving to work, listening to Tom Joyner, laughing to Miss Dupree, <laughs> and miss my assignment for years. We're going to get with that in a minute. Because somebody might have had a pistol on their kitchen table, and the Spirit of God was trying to get you to call them so that you can sow into their life. But you got your radio on. Before we come into the presence of anybody, we ought to be coming out of the presence of God in the morning. Got the nerd of coming to your family's presence and you haven't come out the presence of God. That's why some of you got the gift of hollering. Yeah. You know it. Holland ain't Holy Spirit. That's a goalie host. Ain't no Holy Ghost. Somebody missed their assignment today. Don't you know you are somebody's answer to their prayer? And you can't hear? be done on earth we are his will on earth for the most part yes. so it is the Holy Spirit who takes residency in our human spirit that's where he wants to abide But well, let's roll on this and see There's the text right here. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Some of us don't even know the Lord's voice or whether the devil's trying to speak in a religious guise. When I was young, my mother told my brother and myself every now and then, stay where you can hear me. That's why I found that reading the scriptures every day, and we never read for information. We only read for a relationship. That's why reading the word is so important, because it gets us used to hearing the voice of God. And sometimes the spirit of God only speaks once. That's it. Just once. Once. That's why I had to repent. Repentance is a picture of a man or woman going in one direction and making a complete U-turn and going in the opposite direction. That's repentance. It is to be so godly, sorrowful that my sins murdered Christ. That I am willing to make a complete U-turn away from sin, self, and Satan and go toward Christ. Repentance was supposed to be a one-time act. See, there's a difference between confession of sin and repentance. In fact, really, God really doesn't forgive sin. Because if God could forgive sin, then Christ wouldn't have had to die. Sinners are forgiven, not sin. Sin has to be destroyed, but that's another topic there. God ain't going to forgive sin. Because it raped and murdered his son. He ain't forgiven that. But he forgives sinners. That's why we're so casual about sin. So repentance is supposed to be a one-time act to make a complete U-turn and go toward Christ and away from that sin, that obsession, or whatever. When you leave here, get out here on 271 or 480, however you're going, and keep repenting and see what's going to happen to your behind. (laughs) Bam, I know, yeah, yeah, it's a long week. (laughs) You just keep going in U-turns on 271. Repentance was supposed to be one time. However, God in his mercy permits us to seek for repentance so I'm not saying you can't repent again, but we're told that there's a repentance that should be repented of I was just apologizing if we're still going back to that same thing we just apologizing we haven't repented yet so it's repentance that cleanses our human spirit it's a preparation To receive the spirit of God. Some of us can't even apologize to some of our loved ones. You know, some of y'all in here, if you said two words, your children could be released and move on in their life. I'm sorry. If some of y'all would just tell them, I'm sorry. They could be delivered and move on in their life. We beat the law down into them. We beat the Sabbath into them. We just beat yeah. You know what I found out? Most of, our, most of our children don't like our God. Can't stand our God. Hmm. But when the Spirit of God comes in, There is a release and a freedom. There is a liberty. There is an assurance. There is a certainty. Amen. Mm-hmm.
1: now the mind of Christ now. We need a holy boldness now. Our children need to see a change now. We need the heart of God now. Yes, a compassion, yes. a love, God, and empathy. Yes. I know you here. Yes. You say we're two or three. over us, Holy Spirit. Bathe our trembling head and brow. Fill us with thy hollow presence. Come, oh, come and fill us now. Yes. Yes. We receive you. grace and mercy, come on, brought me through, I'm living this moment because of you, I was You to your grace and mercy brought me. One more time, one more time. Sing from your spirit. Your grace and mercy. Thank you, God. I'm living this moment because of you. I want to thank you and praise you too. Your grace and Your grace, your grace and mercy, your grace, one more time. Your grace and mercy brought me through. Oh, my God. Next slide. Next slide. Next slide.
0: Next, please. I want to bring this into the male-female context very quickly for you to really understand this thing about spirit. Because, my brothers, women basically love from their spirit to their soul to their body. They basically love from the inside out. As men, we are socialized to love from the body with the flesh. So when a man doesn't understand spirit, we'll see in a moment how he can interrupt his wife or woman's spirit Uh, When a man doesn't understand spirit, he will either wait, wound, oppress, or violate his wife or woman's spirit. And when a woman's spirit is interrupted, she cannot function in a state of normalcy. And the first thing that goes out the window is sexual intercourse. Don't touch me. See, when a man doesn't understand spirit, he's confused. So therefore, when a woman's spirit is interrupted, waited, wounded, oppressed, or violated, So women love from the inside out. Next slide. These four things right here. I just want you to really grasp this thing called spirit. When a woman's spirit is interrupted, she can't function in a state of normalcy. A weighted spirit is basically burdens and pressures. That's the most manageable spirit that a wife or woman will have. A wounded spirit comes through words. Next slide. You see, women, put it all up there, thank you. Women love words. But let me put an antecedent on that, truthful words. So if I say something that wounds my wife's spirit, it's a a clean wound. If I immediately go back and rectify it. Honey, I was wrong. I am sorry. I'm asking you to please forgive me. And I give an adequate and complete explanation. But if I say, man, I ain't say nothing to her, then her spirit becomes bitter and resentful. An oppressed spirit is only for one purpose, and that's subjugation. There have been women who have been made to feel lower than dirt. You ain't nothing. You ain't never been nothing. And a violated spirit comes through adultery or pornography. That's probably the most difficult spirit that I have found to bring back to a state of normalcy. So when a man doesn't understand spirit, he will either wait, wound, oppress, or violate his wife or woman's spirit. When a woman's spirit is interrupted, she can't function in a state of normalcy. But it gets deeper than that. Because once a man steps across the line with a woman, it's over. She don't love you. She don't hate you. She will cook your food, rear your children. But it is over because she has evicted you out of her spirit. And there is no romance or finesse that will get you back in. These ladies know that too. And it's not a put down there, brothers. But it's really understanding spirit. If we don't understand spirit, we're confused. God is not the author of confusion. But when we don't understand spirit, we'll just function out of our soul. But there are some women who have turned around and waited, wounded, oppressive, violated, violated their husband's spirit. But to go a little deeper with this, as we put the spotlight on ourselves, some of you in your upbringing have been, your spirit has been interrupted. I'm looking at children all over the city of Washington, D.C., whose spirits have been broken. And a child with a broken spirit is like a bird with a broken wing. They cannot fly. So some of your spirits were interrupted in childhood. I'm counseling more brothers who got flipped when they were young. But when your spirit is interrupted, you can't function in a state of normalcy. And because all of nature functions from the inside out, when your spirit is interrupted, it automatically affects your soul, your thoughts, emotions, and will, and the body simply becomes the servant and carries it out. That's why some of we got some brothers in here who are self-medicating off of food, but you call it a big appetite. But the truth is that food is a temporary anesthetizer of pain. And so we got a whole lot of brothers who are in pain. You see, women will go outside with their pain; men go inside with their pain. So if some women are are, are bag ladies, you know, dragging all their bags, their they, they, stuff in their bags, then brothers are shopping cart brothers. They pushing shopping shopping carts full of pain, spilling over. Yes, most brothers, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm all right. Psh, you know you. So that spirit is interrupted. So it is difficult to retain the Holy Spirit in our spirit when your spirit is interrupted. There's really no room. I, I'm working on this subconscious mind. I, I, I'm doing some research on this and I ask God, give me this, this revelation on the subconscious mind, you see, because we really function by our subconscious mind, not our conscious mind. We really do. And most of the stuff has been suppressed and repressed. And anything that's suppressed and repressed, sooner or later will rebel. In fact, this thing is so deep as far as the suppression and repression of certain things, of pain and so forth, in in, in our subconscious minds, that I found research now that not only does it impact our minds, it gets into our muscles and tissues. I'll bring out a little bit this weekend, let you see. Understand this. The subconscious mind, the spirit of God told me the subconscious mind, it really was supposed to be a reservoir for the word of God. Let me activate your conscious mind. Without using your hands, I want you to feel your butt, your bottom on on the pew. Just feel your bottom on the pew. Can you feel it? I just activated your subconscious mind, but you've been sitting there the whole time on it. But we really function off, our, off of our subconscious, not mine. And we've got so much debris. I'm, I'm serious. It's a lot of things. The subconscious mind, the Holy Spirit told me, was to be a reservoir for the word of God. So in the time of crisis and trial, we could bring the word from the subconscious to the conscious to function off of it. But this thing is so impacted with pain and anger and resentment. Uh, uh, Medical science tells us that there's some cancers that don't attack the body. There must first be a chemical imbalance. And some of the things that cause chemical imbalance are bitterness, anger, and resentment that can cause a chemical imbalance and make us susceptible to sicknesses and some cancers. But it gets a little deeper than that. I didn't know until 1995 my father drank alcohol. He died in 99. All these years. I didn't know. When I was born, he was first elder in Temple Emanuel Church. So nobody told me I had a predisposition. And when I hit that first joint, I had a bad drug problem for years and the Holy Spirit gave me a revelation. And that is predisposition can undermine character development. Some of y'all have been struggling with stuff, your children. There are even things that, that, that will leap over whole generations and get to your grandchildren. I'm talking about blocking the spirit. Stuff that we won't address, stuff we won't take care of, stuff that we won't get intervention for. Somebody said, man, shoot, if they ain't no Adventist, man, I don't want no. no I ain't getting no counseling from them. I said, rape ain't Adventist. <laughs> what you talking about? You ain't asking nobody to do a spiritual thing. We asking for tools to help folk move forward and release in their lives. But too many of us are in denial. When your pipes burst, what do you do? You get a plumber. Your car mess up, what do you do? If your spirit is interrupted, most of us don't even do anything. Because if you don't understand spirit, you're confused. I am totally convicted. That no matter what you have ever gone through. No matter what has happened to you. God can make you whole. But see this is where people leave off here. With wholeness comes responsibility. And that's where the work goes into. He can make you whole. A man in John 5, he said, do you want to be whole? See, some of us want a Tylenol God and an Advil Lord. We just want somebody to deal with the pain and then we'll take it from there. But he says, I, I will make you whole. Whole doesn't mean the absence of challenges and trials. But wholeness can get us to the point where we can get a viper that's attached to us and we can just shake it off in the fire. You go back and read Acts. See, we are continuing, my family, we are continuing the book of Acts. We expect that what has happened, we got the same God to do what we need at the time that we ask him to do it. If it's the laying on of hands, if it's the casting out of demons... We are demanding him to do that so that he can be glorified and so that we can bear fruit. And we're asking that that fruit remain until Christ comes. This is only possible under the Holy Spirit. I am so confident that the Spirit can make you whole just based on what he's done for me in Christ. See, God does nothing except in Christ. Nothing except in Christ. And God has restored unto me every year that the drugs have eaten. Every year. God has given me back every year. In fact, in Christ, I don't thirst Anymore. This is not hyperbole. This is an experiential relationship. He said, If you take of me every day, if you imbibe me, if you take me into you, you will never thirst again. It is time for us to receive the Spirit of God. See, we don't accept Christ, we receive Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. It is time for us to be serious about it. But when the Holy Spirit tells us something, we have to be willing because the Spirit is given to them that obey. Obey Him. And what He will do. But because our spirits are interrupted, We've got all kind of predispositions, just a whole lot of stuff. We don't have any room. We don't have room for him. So he continues to reign on the unjust and wait. But praise God, you are only one decision away. That's all. I made up my mind while I was convicted. If the Lord cannot sit on the couch with me and watch what I'm watching, I don't watch it anymore. If I can't take my beats off and put it on his ears, and it doesn't crucify him afresh or put him to open shame, then I can put the beats back on me and listen to it. See, you know, we just want, we want God's power, but not his opinion. He says, I want to indwell you. Through his spirit, and this is my thing with Pastor Edmonds it is only in the Holy Spirit that God's gonna take a shortcut in these last days. I stopped riding a train in DC, I'm about finished. I stopped riding a train in DC, the metro train. My thing was uh, because so I can save. Money, I save $130 a month just by riding a bus. $130 a month. But little did I know I was going to start riding what I call Jesus bus. Because all Jesus people on the bus. I'm looking at sisters all tatted down, sagging, sisters sagging. And you can see their thongs showing. Jesus bus. But he put me on assignment. I started, I ride three buses. I start at 5:20 in the morning. Sister got on the bus. She was crying, boo hooing and cap, baseball cap over her eyes. She crying. Holy Spirit said, that's your assignment. Stepped up to her. I stooped down. I said, listen, sis, I ain't trying to answer your business. All I want to know, can a brother pray for you? I called him up. I start interceding for this sister. I got to my first stop. I got up to get off. She stood up, hugged me. She said, thank you. I'm on Jesus bus now. I'm praying with folk 530 in the morning on a bus stop. I don't even know him. One of the hospitals, we stopped in front of Providence Hospital. A lady got on a lot of um, indigent people, uh, you know, who just go to the hospital. And and she got on the bus. She didn't have on nothing but a hospital uh, blanket around her. She sat right behind me, leaned her head against the window. So I'm sitting in front. I turned toward the window. I said, listen, would you mind if I pray for you and pray for your healing? She opened one eye. She said, not right now. So I just turn back around and I'm interceding for her in my spirit. Yeah. Five minutes later, she say, all right, you can pray for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'm calling on the name of Yahweh Rafa. I'm calling on. I'm not asking if it's your will. Yeah. That's our back door. You know that? Yeah. We lead a result to him. So I finished praying interceding for her, and I'm sitting back straight right two minutes later she said hey can I pray for you yeah. now I'm gonna be honest with you this is Jesus bus I don't know what she said but one sentence and bless all his baby mamas That's <laughs> <all she said. laughs> I texted my wife I said somebody just pray for you this morning <laughs> I'm talking about Jesus bus. A lady got on, on the bus one day, cussing everybody out. Brr, you, brr, brr, we get to a stop. All right, y'all have a blessed day now. <laughs> oh, my God. But I'm seeing God. I'm laying hands on, laying hands on people on Jesus bus. On assignment. Let's run this to the end. Let's just, let's move this thing to the end. I want you to see every morning, every morning. I asked the Holy Spirit, what is a normal spirit? And this is what the Holy Spirit said. The fruit of the spirit is a state of normalcy. This is how our spirit is supposed to be every day. See, now that you know you have a spirit, when everybody, anybody comes into your presence, they come into your spirit. I can sit at the dinner table of a couple, a married couple, and in five minutes, I'll tell you the spirit of that marriage. One Sabbath, I'm going to give out Oscars. All y'all married folk who faking it, men go to the left, women go to the right. This is a normal spirit every day. This is how our spirit is supposed to be, love and joy. My brothers, meekness, meek does not mean weak. Meek means strength under control when you can, but you won't, when you could, but you don't. Meek brothers. This is a normal spirit. I didn't have the fruit of the spirit. I had counterfeit fruit. Instead of patience, I was just tolerating some people. Wow. Yes. 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 God can't bless toleration. Therefore, the enemy doesn't want to have control your mind. He wants residency in your spirit. Next slide. Here it is right here. Whenever you sense any of your fruit being interrupted, you must activate your spirit. Your peace, your faith, praise. Praise is an activity of spirit. Praise will keep your spirit in a state of normalcy. So you don't go out into your soul or go along with your own thoughts, emotions, or will. Or out into the flesh to do something stupid. Praise is an activity of spirit. Have you ever been driving down the street and you start thinking about the goodness and mercy of the Lord. And where he brought you from. And tears just rain down your face. Praise. Now let me hasten to say this. If, you're, if you stand and raise holy hands and dance, fine. If you are quiet and meditative in your praise, fine. So don't make me stand up. Don't make me sit down. Praise is individual. It's individual. But I'll tell you this. There will be no conservatives in heaven. How are you going to walk up to the Savior? Lord, I just want to touch base with you. You know, just shake your hand. So this is praise rehearsal down here. But, but, but you don't know because somebody can be quiet and meditative in their praise. But in their spirit, they're doing backflips. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And they just quiet. But then some folk get mad because people be up loud and shouting and praising and dancing. You don't know whether Sister Smith had a nine millimeter on her table. But the Spirit of God gave you her assignment Sabbath morning to sow into her spirit. Now she comes to church and dances because she alive and you mad because she's jumping and hollering. And she almost put a nine in her mouth. Leave folk alone. When your spirit, any fruit, this is it. If any of your fruit gets interrupted, praise, worship. Some of you don't know how to worship on Tuesday. Because you think it's once a week. You better know how to worship on Thursday. In fact, praise is a prelude into worship. Sometimes I just start worshiping in the morning by just joining in with the heavenly host.
1: Holy. Holy, holy,
0: holy, holy, holy. All day long in the presence in the reverence of the heavenly Father and the Son. Holy, holy. Sometimes I'm just in my office just holy, 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 holy. 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 Until my spirit gets full of God. When you sense any of your fruit being interrupted, at the point of recognition, pray. See, we got these drive-by prayers. I challenge any of you this week just to pray for a half an hour. Amen. Just a half an hour. After the first four minutes, you didn't say all the stuff you used to say. Amen. And then for the next 26 minutes, that's when you start praying. We get up too soon. And then the scriptures, the, the, the word says psalms and spiritual songs. Go to the word. Just start back in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John again. Look at Christ's life, his words, his ministry. His, his, his Just look at him. Mike Murdoch said, whoever you focus on the longest becomes the strongest. So as you begin to focus on him... That song is so true, some of you know, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. The things of this earth become strange. You don't have to see BET Awards no more. You don't have to see all this stuff no more. Is he enough? In the morning, every morning, last night, uh, just some tips, I'm ending. Go to bed in the spirit. Don't make your last night on earth Netflix. Amen. 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 <laughs> Don't make your last night on earth the evening news, 11 o'clock news. Go out in the spirit. Usually what we go to bed on, we wake up on. Wake up in the spirit. Every morning the Savior opened his spirit to his father's spirit. His father said, listen, I need you to get over to Godard. There's a brother in the tomb cutting himself with stone. First, I want you to put some clothes on it behind. And then the next thing I want you to do is put him in his right mind. Get over the name. There's a widow whose only son has died. I need you to get him up. We missed our assignments this week, some of us. Because he wanted to speak to us because he only speaks to our spirit. He doesn't speak to our mind. It is the Holy Spirit who translates it to the mind. Only spirit connects with spirit. Some of us didn't obey this week because we didn't hear his voice speaking to us to tell us what we simply needed to do. Open your spirit to your Father's spirit every morning. Don't put overnight murders on your spirit with the news and all the rest. Just open your spirit first to your Father's spirit. And give him an opportunity to speak to you. He might tell you don't go to work today. I'm so used to going to work today. But he has a reason for that. See, the enemy was trying to speak against me when he saw me on Jesus bus and so forth. Oh, man, see, folk don't think you stupid, man. Folk don't think you. He'll try to talk you out of stuff. Wake up in the spirit. Read your word daily. Pray throughout the day. Make it your morning, noon, and evening prayer. I mean, brothers and sisters in in Islam, Muslim, they pray five times a day. Five times. But just pray throughout the day. Be sensitive to the spirit of others. Now that you know spirit, there are so many people you work with whose spirits are weighted, wounded, oppressed, and violated. We need to be sensitive to the spirit of others. Be balanced. Christ wasn't Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative. He was balanced. Man, oh man, oh man. You know somebody had to know. I'm about to beat. I, no, I was gonna smite them. See, smiting is biblical. You could do that. You could find that in the Bible. You could smite somebody. I sat in the physician's office. As he looked at my wife and I, he said, "Mrs. Vandor, she had breast cancer." I was messed up. I saw one tear trickle down my wife's face. When we got in the car, I said, honey, what was you thinking when he said cancer? And she said something that has indubitably heightened my respect and regard for her. She says, I was choosing my attitude." And it will be an attitude of praise. I'm going to praise my way healed. You see, crises and challenges don't make character. They reveal character. And you see, where some folk get bitter, there are a few people who get better. But this knucklehead had the unmitigating gall to call my house and tell my wife, sheen, have faith cause she took the treatment she took chemo and radiation we prayed about it. I said you do what the spirit of God leads you to do I know folk who went natural and died he says Mrs. Vandus you ain't got no faith if I could have sneaked through those wires <laughs> and came out through his phone I would have smoked that brother that's biblical. You can, you can, you can smite. You, you can find that in the Bible. I ain't gonna kill him. I'm just gonna smite him. My point is, we got to be balanced, y'all. The balanced spiritual life is just something. We got to hit nobody in the head with soybeans. It is, it is historically substantiated. Adolf Hitler was a vegetarian. There's no virtue in all of that. But to be balanced. If your children could have a, some balanced parents, hmm, and then get intervention. Because some of us really need to go get some help to clear some of this debris out of our spirit. Some of you have EAPs, employee assistance programs. Don't cost anything. Take advantage of the stuff. Some of, some of us need marital counseling. I, I do family interventions by Skype. Sure do whole family line up in the living room around the table and we dealing with it cuz we know we know that in some families just some junk and some stuff that we just need some family intervention so that we can just like get get settled You don't understand spirit, what it is, its function and its centrality in relationships, then everything else you think you understand about relationships will only confuse you. Everything flows from spirit. But when the Holy Spirit takes residency. He will do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think i'm looking at all this stuff going on in the world isis and and everything else i'm saying lord how are you gonna reach these folk god how are you gonna reach people i mean fucking strip clubs and just drugged out or whatever and he says i'm going to reach them through the anointing acts two seventeen. In these last days, I'm going to pour my spirit out. And we won't be walking around, yeah, I got the spirit. No. We're going to see the evidences of the spirit of God. And if he wants you to heal, he'll tell you to do it. He'll tell you who, when. So that he can be glorified and their faith can be increased in him. See, it's always for him. Let's let's end right here. Let's just take a moment to think out loud. What did the Spirit of God say to you this evening? Let's think out loud real quick. Okay. Hear ye, him. What does the Spirit of God say to you? Guard the avenues of the soul. That's the five senses, taste, touch, smell, sight, and hear. Those are the avenues to the soul, from the flesh to the soul. The quotation is, we must avoid reading, hearing, or seeing anything that will suggest impure thoughts. That's a hard sell for some folks. Not when we watch stuff every week, too.
1: <laughs> what does the Spirit of God say to you? Balance.
0: Balance. Okay. So I'm just, just asking. I'm sorry. Awareness. Awareness. Anytime you feel that fruit, whether it's your faith, your patience, your peace, at the point of recognition, activate your spirit, and it will keep it in a state of normalcy so you don't go out into the soul to go along with your own thoughts, emotions, or will, or out into the flesh to do something stupid. I'm telling you, it works. Yes, Father, we just thank you for your grace and mercy. God. If it wasn't for your grace, we'd be a disgrace. God, if walls could talk, how many pages of volumes can be written? where angels stepped aside and Christ had no invitation. But you came down, Lord, to this rat and roach infested ghetto called earth to save us, to redeem us, to forgive us, to cleanse us, to fill us, to empower us, to anoint us, So we're not playing this weekend, God. We're asking that your spirit declare war on our flesh. That's trying to push back. That it doesn't take all that. Or that we can just minimize. Oh, God, you told me. How faithful do we want our wife or husband to be to us? That's how faithful you want us to be to you. So God, we're not going on feelings now. We don't even have to feel your spirit. We can just receive him by faith. And he will respond based on your word. You said ask. Seek. Knock. And you're more willing. But uh, God, I'm asking that you would... Hover over us with your sealing this weekend, not simply for time before eternity. The seal that will lock us in to the point that we would rather die than sin. We can't do this of ourselves. We can't be Simon Magus and try to purchase you or the seven sons of Sceva and try to call demons out in your name. Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? Oh, God, help us not to be in the who are you number. Thank you, God, that you tarried with us this evening. And we're just getting started. We give glory to your name. In the name of Yahweh and Yahshua, Hamashiach, our Messiah. In the name of El Elyon, the Most High.
1: Adonai, the Almighty.
0: Oh God, in your names, we thank you and we pray. Amen. Hands that help are holier than lips that pray.
1: Just, just
0: just one word. The next time this group should come together is tomorrow night at